Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Now, I know we get a lot of people listening to the podcast from different countries around the world and many of those listeners actually listen in from the country I'm originally from, Ireland. And we very rarely had anybody from abroad on the podcast. Well, that all changes today because I'm joined in the studio by Lisa O'Reilly, who's a property investor based over in Ireland. She's building a big property business at the moment and I thought it'd be good to get her on and share with you how you can do property in the Irish market and also general property investing that can work anywhere, no matter where you are in the world. So let's get straight into it. Lisa, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So for anyone that's listening in at the moment, um, tell us a little bit, first of all, about you, uh, your journey. Did you always live in Ireland? Have you ever lived abroad? And I guess what brought you towards wanting to get into property? Yeah, so originally I'm from London and moved over to Ireland when I was about 13 years of age. Uh, my mum remarried um, an Irish guy, so we moved over to the rural, uh, from London, middle of London, to the rural uh, depths of uh, Waterford in south of Ireland. Um, I've been a chartered accountant, so I was climbing the corporate ladder for many years. I basically followed, I was climbing my sister's uh, ladder as such, so she is a year older than me. Um, she got into accountancy, so um, I decided I had to get into accountancy. Um, so I was basically, uh, we, we climbed the ladder together. There was a lot of competition between ourselves, like kind of uh, rivalry, uh, competitive rivalry. And uh, she, she got into, say, one of the big four accounting firms. So therefore, I had to get into one of the bigger accounting firms, uh, big four accounting firms. Um, so yeah, basically, um, we, we both got into accountancy. She continued to do really well in, in her career. Uh, she was always, uh, you know, she would, I, I felt that she was always like kind of uh, getting on further than what I was making relationships and really like enjoying the journey. Whereas for me, I felt like I was changing jobs every two to four years. Um, I felt it was because I was a change agent. I was there to, um, I love project, financial project work and, and the likes. Um, so I, that was what I believed and I kept on changing jobs, but I was never like really that happy. Um, so last year, um, something happened in the last job I was in um, and it was probably the best thing that could have ever happened because it actually gave me the kick up that you know what to uh, get, out of, get out of the corporate world and decide to get into property. So a lot of people do choose careers that either based on older family members put them down that path or parents did it like doctors become doctors teachers become teachers so do you feel that you're actually in a career then for years that you didn't really want to be in like I love maths I love the logic of it in school I always used to love doing my maths homework um, I couldn't see how I could make a career at maths um, and I didn't see how I could be an entrepreneur because I didn't think I had anything to I wasn't creative I had nothing to give so uh, I thought you had to be creative to be an entrepreneur um, so yeah, I, uh, when my sister got into accountancy, it kind of just made sense. It was a career, like it was something that you could earn good money from, um, and it was something where um, you could actually like progress in your career. Actually, when I first left school, um, I went into insurance. I didn't go to college. I, um, I decided I wanted to go straight into a career, 
and I got into um, insurance uh, and I did that for one year and I realised I couldn't make enough money from that so I went back to college and that's when I followed my sister's footsteps in, in the accountancy world. And then property, and obviously a year ago you decided to get into property so yeah. why property? What, had you been thinking about it for a while no. or did you just, what happened? What was the change? So I had, my mum had a, had an investment property and she was uh, selling um, for whatever reasons. And she, uh, so in 2019, she got me to um, purchase that. She said, it's a good investment, Lisa. You know, property is always going to be there, you know. Um, So we purchased that in 2019, just using our own funds for the deposit. And um, we put tenants in there. The tenants uh, were, you know, pretty demanding um, and I was in a job at the time, so I was actually going to sell the property. I was like, why would I want to, you know, this property? I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder. It's not earning great. Yeah, it was okay. It was making a return, but why would I want to do this? It's more hassle than it's worth. So I was actually going to sell it. But then, as I said, something happened in work and it made me reassess everything. So I read... So one night I was laying in bed with the kids. Uh, they were woken up in the middle of the night and I was stressing about work. And I just made a decision then and there that I was going to um, not going to work the next day. Um, and I read uh, soon after Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. And it was just like reading a, a textbook that was made for me. It was like, you know, I'm an accountant. I should know this stuff. And yet I was just about to sell the one and only asset that I actually have, a rental uh, property. It's actually more properties I should be getting into and not less. And I shouldn't be selling. Um, so yeah, that was when I decided to uh, look into this a bit more, and I took an online course, um, and yeah, it went from there basically. For many people listening to this, might be thinking, as an accountant, um, financially savvy, maybe um, the portrayal of an accountant, good with numbers, uh, understand investment, but you were there as an accountant for years, climbing the corporate ladder, and were trying to get rid of the one investment that was the best thing you probably had. Yeah. Um, what would you say to people? Do, do you think people that maybe say I need to be in a career like an accountant to become a property investor or actually I could do it in any career. What's your thoughts on that? Does it matter where you are, what job you've got in terms of being able to do property? No, not at all. So my always in my head when I when my kids were born, I was like, oh, their education is going to be so important, which it is important. Uh, but now it's like if they don't want to go to college, that's absolutely fine. I would have had this snobbery before uh, that, you know, you, you have to be, have a good job uh, to get on in life. But actually coming over to here, um, I come over once a month and I network with different people. And they're coming from all walks of life. And they're not all like talking with this like real posh accent. They're not all kind of coming from a background of uh, high education. Some of them like, you know, just bog standard workers, but they've actually, I think the, the biggest thing is, is you need to take action. So there's a, I also go to a lot of these things and um, there's a lot of people that they love training courses and they love to kind of network, but actually they're probably not taking action. Mm. So I think the biggest thing, if I can like kind of advise anyone is you have to take action. Take action yeah. yeah. When you say you talk about coming over here, so when did you find progressives? You read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. When was that? 2020? Uh, 2021. 2021. Yeah. Okay. And then how did you find progressive? How, where did that come about? I was looking for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, right. yeah, basically. Uh, so I did, um, I did some, uh, online training with, uh, Simon Zucci. Yeah. Uh, but I needed some, there was, uh, I found that the information and it still is, the information is very much, uh, based around the UK model and it mm. works to maybe 50, 60%. Uh, I can bring that back about 60% of the information back to Ireland. So um, as I, there was no one really doing this in Ireland, I said, well, what's the next best thing? Let's find the, the Irish guy that's in the UK doing it. And he'd have a good knowledge of the Irish market so I can try and leverage some of that information. So yeah, basically look for you, read your book um, and saw that you were affiliated with Progressive. So we decided to sign up. 
get over here, right? And then what have you done? So that when did you first come over here? August, I think I done a misogyny. August 2021. Yeah. So you attended the Multiple Streams of Property Income event. Yeah, here, yeah. Right. Um, that was August 21. We're sitting here recording this now in October 22. Yeah. So what have you done in that 14 months? Uh, so I've done one lease option um, and I've done uh, 11 deals. Okay, so for anyone listening to this thinking, what's an, a lease option? What, what, talk us through that deal. How did it work? What did you do? So this particular deal, the uh, investor was uh, living away, 20, 200 kilometers away from um, the area. Um, it was a house that was actually attached to my uh, grandmother's house. Um, and every time there was a new tenant come uh, in, she'd get really nervous about who the new tenant was going to be. So anyway, one of the tenants moved out. Um, it was literally just after I came to the Masopi in August and you explained about a, a lease option. So I just went straight up to him and said, look, I'll take it over from you and I'll agree to buy it because he was getting sick of it at this stage. Um, so yeah, built up the rapport um, and he agreed to um, sell it to me. And now I knew enough, but I didn't know a lot either. Like I, there was a lot more for me to learn. So I actually agreed a one year lease option. <laughs> so uh, I agreed to purchase, um, but actually, um, so then the year is up this September. Um, but I've actually realized since then, so I've done a lot more learning in the meantime, that I could actually get a lot more for that same amount of money. I can get a lot more of a yield if I buy, say, in a different area in yeah. Waterford City. So I, I, basically, um, I basically get 1,200 euro from my tenants, who are, who's a doctor and a solicitor, and I pay the owner 600 euro a month. So I'm making 600 euro a month um, on it. And, and what did you pay up front? Uh, nothing. Nothing. So no. nothing up front. Yeah. Pay the landlord six hundred a month. Yeah. Rent it out for twelve hundred a month. Yeah. So you're making six hundred euros a month, and you don't. Own, yeah, you've got an option to buy the house. Yeah. yeah. So we're actually uh, we're in the process of selling at the moment. So um, the the tenants uh, went and got their first time mortgage, and they're purchasing the property um, from me. So this is should all go ahead. Uh, so what month. did you agree to buy it for? Two hundred. And what are you selling it for? Two fifty. So you've made six hundred quid a month for twelve months, mm. and you're selling it for fifty thousand pounds more than you bought it for. Yeah. And you didn't actually buy it. Yeah, now I've made a bit of a, uh, so yeah, uh, maybe So you I have to purchase that. it to sell it on yes. the way you've done the contract. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. So because you did, the, you tried to do a lease option without doing the training on lease options. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you but, just said it. But I, I think said, oh, you'd still be happy. <laughs> I think anyone listening to this would still be happy with 600 quid a month and 50 grand profit, even though they've had to buy it to be able to sell it, which in a lease option, you would just assign the purchase, but it needs to be written into your contract. So that's the bit that's yeah. missing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But great deal. And you've done 10 other deals as well or 11? No, they're straightforward. The other deals are straightforward. So um, they are raising private investor finance, yeah. giving them um, 100% getting 100% loan to value, giving them first charge on the property and I purchase the property and I'm putting my corporate tenants into them. Right, so people with um, money that they want to invest into something, rather than put it into stocks and shares, they invest it into a property, but you buy the property in your name, they have a first charge as if they're the bank. Yeah. And you pay them back over a period of time. Yeah, pay them back, yeah, over a period of time. So basically okay. it's a lot of my um, investors, they have money sitting in the bank earning absolutely no interest rate. Um, and we can not only give them a great interest rate, but we can also give them like security and property. So before August 2021, when you came here, mm. had you ever raised any money to buy property? 
Only for the one buy to let that I had through the bank. Yeah. yeah. I mean, raise money from private investors. Oh, no. No, I would never ask for money. It was just uh, the mindset was you never, like, you only ever buy something if you can afford it. Yeah, I mean, you're Irish, that. right? You don't borrow money in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was actually overpaying on my own home mortgage as well. So my own home mortgage, I had a great tracker rate mortgage. Um, and I was like, I was overpaying by two grand a month just so I could get rid of it. Because my mindset was don't get debt. Debt is bad. Um, so I was overpaying on my mortgage and actually I was keeping myself in that rat race because I, I just felt like I had to get this mortgage paid off. So I, I came again, I came here um, and I reduced it down to the minimum payments. So that actually freed me up that I didn't actually have to like keep my job. I could actually focus all my time then on doing what I'm doing because my outgoings all of a sudden were just like less than half, you know. Uh, a tenth or whatever it is. <laughs> How much money in the last 12, 14 months have you raised, roughly? Uh, just over 1.1 million. Right, 1.1 mm. million euros. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which is nearly 1.1 million pound in today's world. Yeah. No <laughs> but but 1.1 million euros, so it's still around like almost a million pounds. Yeah. Um, and you'd raised no money in your lifetime before that to do any investments. No. So mm. you, how did your mindset shift from going from never raising money to realizing that you could. And I guess for anyone who's, number one, how did your mindset set change? And number two is for anyone who's listening in thinking they find it hard to raise money, give them some tips maybe on how they could. Yeah, so um, I now look at it from, and it is with the help of yourself, of course, uh, but I look at it from a, a, an investor's point of view. So I'm finding that actually um, some of my investors, they are you know, high net worth, they spend a lot of time working like maybe 50, 60 hours a week. Um, they don't have time to think about investments. Um, so they just have it sitting in the bank. So actually you're providing a solution that is going to beat inflation. So if you can kind of take take yourself out of the equation and you know put yourself into the, the shoes of your private investor, you're actually doing them a service um, because otherwise it's just sitting in the bank and actually losing money because of inflation. So yeah, it was just, it was, I, it was actually coming here, you know, talking it through and, and getting rid of some of those barriers. Um, and it, it, that was all it was, yeah. Good debt versus bad debt. Um, when, I guess when you were trying to pay off your mortgage, you seen your mortgage as bad debt? Yeah. What, what, how, for anyone listening, would you be able to give them an explanation of how you've changed your thought process around good debt versus bad debt? I still, I'm a bit kind of as to whether my actual home mortgage is good debt or bad debt. I, I view it somewhere in between. Mm. Um, so like it will be one of the things that I will be doing in the next kind of uh, couple of years when I can to pay off that. Because um, so for me, uh, bad debt is something that you have a loan on that is not generating you income. So for example, my home, um, I'm paying uh, interest on it and by its very nature, it's not generating me any income uh, directly. Indirectly, yes, obviously, I got my home office there, etc. Um, and we need to live. Um, but so good debt then is the debt that you have uh, that you've used to acquire an asset that will con con continuously generate me income. Um, so like property is a, is a good one. Um, I wouldn't use debt to purchase shares or stocks or shares like I, I am investing in some stocks and shares and anyone will see at the moment when we're recording like you know the whole stock market is kind of you know on its on a downturn um, so good debt is something that you can actually acquire an asset and an asset being something that will continuously generate you cash flow. Um, 
you've done really well in 12 months, getting like 11 property deals. That's almost one a month, in 14 months, 11 and 14 months. There'd be a lot of people listening to this going, wow, how can you even do that? An average investor buys a couple of properties in a year. But I guess you're not using your own funds is the key thing. Yeah. Uh, as you go to scale your business, is there'll also be people listening to this going, is it, is it scalable? I mean, having all that money that you borrow, how do you pay that money back? So um, what mindset advice type tips would you give them about getting over the fear of having debt? It's not, minds, well, it's mindset, but it's, it's do the numbers. Like at the end of the day, numbers don't lie. Don't get emotional about it. Um, you know, do, do your homework. So at the end of the day, how much rental income can you get from it? Um, how much does the property cost? How much is the refurb and all your buying costs? And as long as your assets are cash flowing, um, even after you've paid your mortgage off, um, well then uh, it's, it's a deal or it's not a deal. And some are better deals than others. Um, so like we're seeing interest rate rises at the moment. Um, there's various ways you can kind of, um, you know, fix your interest rates. Um, so that's what I'm actually doing at the moment is um, compare. So when we compare Ireland to the UK, that we don't have as many lenders in Ireland. Mm. Um, so one of the things that I'm having to do um, at the moment, I'm actually doing a refinance at the moment with uh, the, the two main lenders in the Irish market. But in order to get to that position, they need to be cash flowing assets. Yeah. So at the time of purchase, they won't be cash flowing assets. They'll be kind of, you know, older properties that need refurb, etc. So I raise my private investor finance and then I refinance them out using like one of the two or three banks that, you, that we have options for. So the way I'm, uh, uh, what I'm doing now is what I'm going to focus on is actually uh, raising more private investor finance. Yeah. Um, and th by doing that, that means um, the investor gets a fixed return on their money because uh, there's nowhere to be put your money in Ireland. Uh, in term Sorry, there's nowhere to put your money that you can earn the types of returns that they're getting through yeah. myself. But at the same time, then it, it allows me to fix my interest rates because they, there's not too many fixed products in the Irish market. So mm. it's helping. It's a win-win. Like. Yeah. Uh, lack of funds breeds creativity. And there's mm. way a lot of people... Especially when I meet them, when I go back to Ireland, they'll go, you can't do in Ireland what you do in the UK. Mm. Um, what would you say to people in Ireland that say you can't do uh, property in Ireland? Can, I mean, can you, I guess there's two types of people, those that want to do property, but don't know how, and those that would just want a better return on the money, but don't know who to give it to. So yeah. for those that want to do property, but, um, and they want to do it for themselves, can, can they do it with, just two or three lenders in the market? Uh, yeah, you can for sure. Like, um, so th there's a couple of things in terms of the Irish market versus the UK market. The Irish market, you don't have as many people doing what we're doing. So mm. the competition is much lower. So I don't have to work as hard for my deals as what you do over here. Um, but conversely, uh, the Irish market is very regulated. So to be a landlord in Ireland at the moment, um, it's, it's extremely regulated. I think they're bringing in similar regulations in mm. Wales and there are in Scotland. Um, so it's on those lines. Um, so to be a, a landlord in Ireland, if you're just like going to do, you know, one or two of them, just a casual landlord, um, it, it, I'd say go in with your eyes wide open, do your research. It is, it's a difficult market to, to operate in because it is so regulated. Um, but at the same time, 
if you are going to do it like me, go into it full scale and there is opportunities there. Um, but it's, it's a hard one to go into if you're kind of like in your full time job and then you're just doing property kind yeah. of on the side because it is a highly regulated market. So if you look at you either want to be the they're looking to build a large scale business, scale yeah. it rather than the one property for a pension. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and all that regulation will put a lot of people off, which means there's more opportunities for you. Well, that's it. So there's a lot of landlords out there at the moment um, who, like, so say for example, you know, they're, they're talking about an eviction ban. Um, so that's gonna put a lot of landlords off. So as soon as their property becomes vacant, they've actually then got a sellable asset. Whereas if they've got, uh, if they wanna get rid of their property and they've got a tenant in it, it's actually pretty much an unsellable asset right now. Mm. Uh, so they have to hold on to it for as long as they can in order to you know, sell the property. So yeah, it's, it, it, there's, there's big opportunity coming, coming the way, down our mm. way. Um, and yes, yeah, so it's a great time to kind of uh, get in that if you're in it kind of full time. For people at the moment, you mentioned the stock market dropping. For people in the moment that are maybe in Ireland, they've got cash, they're looking for a better return on the money, they're busy. Um, why should they look at maybe investing in property, whether that be for to buy a deal or, or actually just fund a deal so they could put their money into somebody else's deal, fund a deal. It, what do you give investors? What, what's the benefit for the investor that just passes money over to you to do a deal? How do they benefit over, say, stock market? Yeah, so like at the moment, say um, stock market, I don't know what, the, it's on a downwards trend at the moment anyway. I think it's like down kind of six, seven, eight percent uh, since I started investing anyway. Um, whereas, say, what I do is I give a fixed uh, return every single month. So un also, unlike, say, if you put your money into like a pension fund or any fund, for example, just say you want to put your money away for your child's college uh, fund. If you put your money away into that, you'll get, say, they, I think they're giving up to 1%, 2%, some up to 5% return. Uh, but you don't actually get that return until the end of the period. So you put your money away for five years. Yes, you get your capital back at the end of the five years and you'll get the gain or the loss at the end of the five years. Whereas when you invest, say, with myself, because I have a cash flowing asset right now, I can actually use the, the, those funds from the asset to actually pay you your return upfront every single month. So you're actually, it's like security for you. You can actually, every time you get that check in the post, I know it's old fashioned, but if every time you get that money in your bank, you know that that is actually just your money working for you whilst you're sleeping. Yeah. Um, and you, you mentioned about being in the Waterford area. So is that, is, do you focus specifically around Waterford? Are you doing deals all over Ireland? What's the... So, yes, at the moment I'm doing, um, I'm focusing on Waterford because that's my golden area. That's the area that I know. Um, re most recently I've been kind of networking around uh, Dublin and Cork and I've had a couple of um, offers um, and, uh, and people kind of inquiring could they kind of partner up with me and we can look into, into Dublin market so absolutely it's something that um, I'd be very much open to but for me I know my area inside out and that's Waterford City yeah right. and, and Waterford. Then, um Longer term, so you obviously mentioned moving into maybe Dublin, Waterford, out of Waterford into Dublin, Cork, and, yep. and JVs and whatever. What what's the sort of longer term plan? Five years, ten years? Where you where is there a limit where you're planning to stop? What's the goal? Uh, no, the sky's the limit. So um, the 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 idea is to build a portfolio of fifty properties. That's my five year goal. Um, so I want uh, 50 properties, um, I want, um, uh, well, I'm looking for a, a, a nice income, um, I want a mobile lifestyle, so I'm not looking to uh, rule the world, um, I, I'm looking to, you know, 
create win-win situations for investors and myself. Investors via a fixed return on their investment and myself via my property portfolio. So I'm just looking for that kind of, um, the, the, those 50 properties for the five years and then we can see where we go from there. I don't want to go any further than that <laughs> just now. Obviously, um, you said you found me, I wrote my book, No Money Down, and there's a lot of creative techniques in that book around lease options, assisted sales, creative investing. And there's a lot of people worried at the moment about another housing crash. Obviously, Ireland had a massive one in, in 2008. UK had a, a, a what was considered a massive one, but nothing compared to the Irish one. Um, interest rates going up at the moment, inflation high, people worried about mortgages, uh, the, the drops in values potentially. It, a lot of people might be thinking, is now a time to stop, do nothing, wait, or is it an opportunity to do deals? So what, what would you say to anybody who's worried about the market right now? I oh, know it's like it's a massive opportunity. Um, so with uh, inflation that's going up, in order to uh, curb the inflation, they've increased the interest rates. Um, so that means lending is more expensive. But all that means is there's two things. One is going to push the property prices down um, as people get more and more nervous. So uh, as, and especially in I suppose in Ireland, there's a herd mentality. So once the media says something, there, a lot of people jump on that bandwagon. I think that's everywhere. Uh, yeah. yeah, could be yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people that are going to like you know try to exit the market in droves. That means that there's more supply of houses, which uh, will reduce the um, will reduce the price. Um, at the same time, then interest rates are rising. So it's really key just to work out the cash flow of the property. Make sure that the property washes its face, i.e. that the rental income can cover the mortgage interest and any expenses that you have. Um, you can need to stress test that then as well. Um, so, you know, before we were probably only stress testing up to maybe, you know, well, in Ireland I was stress testing up to like maybe 6 or 7%, but now I'm going to have to stress test it uh, higher to make sure that the rental income can cover the mortgage repayments. Um, so yeah, stress test, but the property prices will actually end up coming down. And at the same time, then we have a housing crisis in Ireland. Um, I think you have one here as well. Mm. Um, you can't rent a property in Ireland. There'll be a queue of people. So for example, I put a property up to, to rent um, uh, maybe about two months ago, um, a one bedroom. And I'd say I would have had about 150 applications in about five hours. I had to close down the, like I set up a new email address just for this particular mm. property. And within, say, five hours, I had to close it down. And that's right across um, Ireland, because I was in Mayo at, 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 in August, and same thing. Yeah. They said it's crazy. Crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, so, yeah, you the, there is no stopping this housing crisis uh, right now. Um, actually, um, the government are trying their best to, to actually worsen the situation. So they're actually uh, talking about bringing in like a, an eviction ban. Again, it's, there, it's a highly regulated market. But by doing that, uh, what they're actually ineffectively doing is they're pushing small landlords out of the industry and then by reduce the stock and it's going to reduce the stock even more. So that actually there's going to be even less to rent. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So basically, um, I would say now's a good time to get in. Uh, but again, it's a heavily regulated market. So go in with your eyes wide open. So. If anybody wants to follow your journey, connect with you, how can they find you? Uh, they find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so Lisa O'Reilly and Law Property Solutions um, and also Facebook and Instagram. So awesome. Can... We'll put some links in the comments or something as well. So guys, you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. You've been listening to Lisa O'Reilly sharing all about the Irish property market and the difference between the Irish and the UK market and why it's a great opportunity in Ireland right now to do property or to look at investing into property deals. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. 
I've been Kevin McDonald. Lisa O'Reilly's been Lisa O'Reilly. And I'll see you next week.